The Public News Service Daily Newscast, October the 25th, 2021. I'm Mike Clifford. You may be getting used to this headline. Republican lawmakers in Montana want to investigate the 2020 election. Eric Tegadoff reports some are concerned this could weaken trust in voting. In a letter to legislative leaders, 86 of 98 state Republican lawmakers called for a special committee to examine the security of last year's election. It comes amidst a wave of Republican lawmakers across the country calling for audits of elections, which former President Donald Trump lost. Jim Elliott is a former Democratic state representative and state senator. He believes the calls are undermining democracy. The detrimental effect of questioning the elections, I think, is to turn Republican voters off. Stop saying that their vote doesn't count. Montana Republicans' quest to investigate the 2020 election began with allegations of fraud in Democratic-leaning Missoula County. None of the claims have been substantiated, but became part of a push to pass several laws that Republicans say tighten security around elections. You may recall Arizona, where state Republicans initiated an audit of results in Maricopa County. A report from auditors found no evidence of fraud and actually increased the by which Biden won that county. A powerful storm barreled through Southern California after flooding highways, toppling trees, and causing mud flows in areas burned bare by recent fires across the northern part of the state. That comes from Yahoo News. Flooding reported across the San Francisco Bay Area, closing streets in Berkeley, inundating Berkeley's Bay Bridge toll plaza, and overflowing rivers in Napa and Sonoma counties. Power poles downed and tens of thousands of people in the North Bay without electricity. Minnesota students are back in class today after a mid-October break for annual teacher workshops. Minnesota educators say they continue to see signs of students dealing with more anxiety. That extra emotional stress carries over to social workers, teachers, and other staff. Ann Peterson, principal for the Northeast Metro's 916's Area Learning Centers, says there's a feeling of defeat in not being able to reach students who fell off the radar during distance learning. I mean, after so many attempts, and after a while, it's like, I feel bad every time I reach out and hear nothing. She says they're frustrated because many students and their families have been deeply affected by the crisis, and staff want to help them get back on track at school. Groups like the Minnesota School Social Workers Association say it's important not only for staff to look out for students' needs, but to also embrace self-care as they navigate the latest stages of the crisis. I'm Mike Moen. This is PNS. Groups in support of renewable energy are pushing for legislation and other initiatives to accelerate Complete electrification of buildings in New York as part of the efforts to reduce carbon emissions. Alliance for Clean Energy New York Executive Director Ann Reynolds says if the state is going to meet its climate goals, it has to accelerate its use of electricity in buildings. And it really comes down to making building electrification accessible and affordable for New Yorkers over time. So that when we get to 2040 and 2050, that becomes the standard that all buildings have. And universities in Indiana working to support Afghan students and scholars, both those still in Afghanistan and those arriving, and the Hoosier State. Indiana University is a host partner for the Scholar Rescue Fund and is part of the Scholars at Risk Network, 
which both aim to coordinate and fund fellowships or temporary teaching and research positions for displaced scholars at other higher education institutions across the world. John Wilkerson, with IU Bloomington's International Services, says they are working to connect with students who currently are in Camp Atterbury after fleeing the Taliban in Afghanistan. There are a host of challenges that face these students. It can run the gamut all the way to missing credentials, to, you know, access to financial aid. You know, how do they access state and federal financial aid? More than 6,000 refugees from Afghanistan currently are awaiting resettlement at Camp Atterbury. As colder weather approaches, officials at the base are asking Hoosiers to consider donating clothing, especially long sleeve t-shirts, underwear, pants, and jackets. I'm Lily Bolke reporting. Finally, Emily Scott tells us the Keystone State is seeing several barrier-breaking progressive candidates running for office in unexpected places like rural Pennsylvania. Tyler Titus is running for Erie County Executive. A victory would mean Titus would be the first openly transgender county executive in the country. Titus tells of experiencing rural generational poverty firsthand, growing up in a small town southeast of Erie, and says poverty solutions need a holistic and progressive approach, whether it's in urban or rural America. When you talk on progressive values that center around people and not just profit, you can win in purple spaces, you can win in red spaces, By the way, the trend of progressive Democrats running for office is not unique to Pennsylvania. It's been increasing since the 2016 election, everywhere from Maine to Virginia, all the way to Iowa. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for starting your week with Public News Service member and listener supported, heard on great radio stations and finer trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.